In episode 50, we welcome two guests, Kevin Mungins and Matt Stenberg. We have a music-themed amen battle and also a calling your shot segment that focuses on music. We will do a little truth and tunes trivia and see if the guest winning streak will stay alive. We will hear from Kevin and Matt on some insights for teaching the next generation about music. And Kevin will close us out and fix your eyes. Six in the Mix, a band of brothers talking faith. But we pray to a God uh, who has all power, uh, who is in sovereign control of all events. Fix your eyes, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Family. And my dad, I think, enjoyed that more than than any of us put together. But every time we'd get around Thanksgiving, he, he would name all of, all of our friends, you know, by name. And uh, it just, it was, that was a great, that was a great time. Sports. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Brett Favre pass. And I'm going to say that one is probably the most perplexing. Would have taken us to the Super Bowl, right? That was the NFC Championship. That's correct. Yeah. So yep. yeah, just like the, the Falcons, Gary Anderson miss. It's just unfortunate. In politics. I was supremely disappointed with the Supreme Court's decision of the healthcare. Join us on our journey. All righty, guys, this is our 50th episode. So brief trivia for the six in the mix, guys. When did episode one, when was episode one recorded? See if you guys. Uh, Ryan. You know, right. Go ahead, Ryan. June of 2020. I need a date. That's that's a whole month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> June uh, 16th. Uh, yeah, you're good. It was June 28th, June 28th of 2020. Uh, so you kind of look back at, at the pandemic and all the challenges that we faced. One of the, one of the silver linings uh, of the pandemic was us uh, kind of getting together, the six in the mix, uh, getting together and just talking and saying, hey, let's share this journey. Let's, let's have a little bit of fun together and jump in the podcast realm. And so uh, I'm, I'm super grateful for that. But it's just wild that we've got uh, uh, our 50th episode and the fact that we get to share it with uh, two guests, uh, Kevin and Matt, uh, certainly, certainly want to welcome, welcome you to that. Please share, uh, please go ahead and share with family and friends who need to laugh and need to be encouraged. Uh, comment on our Facebook page and uh, join us uh, on the journey. So we're going to get into it. Uh, we're just going to intro uh, Kevin and, and Matt, our guests, and, and thank you guys both for coming on. Uh, both of these uh, men have had a profound impact, I know, in my spiritual and musical life, and I think uh, Don would agree there. Uh, Kevin is the music director at Fourth Baptist Christian School, where Don and I graduated from. And then Matt, as a peer, uh, he was one grade below me in music, school, sports, and life. And as he as he mentioned to me earlier, he is also still one year younger than me, which is exciting. <laughs> um, but we we are looking forward to hearing how you uh, you have connected with and challenged the next generation when it comes to music. But why don't each of you take a few minutes to kind of share your journey with the listeners? You know, where has God taken you? What uh, you know, what where have you been? What have you been doing? And where are you at now? Um, and just just a couple minutes, just kind of sharing with the listeners. And uh, Kevin, we'll start with you, and then uh, we'll switch over to Matt. Thanks for having me. I, I got to say, I was super shocked to see your uh, Facebook and YouTube thing you've got going here, especially when I saw your pictures. I can't believe it. You look so old. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Actually, I think earlier I made a little comment about less hair, but that was unkind. So I won't repeat it. <laughs> no, it's great to see you guys. And, uh, 
I'm sure I don't look any different than I did. My <laughs> my gray hair has turned white and I, I look older, I'm sure, but you probably recognize me or recognize the voice or something. I don't know. Hey, I, I, just in case you've lost track, next month I'll be 59 years old. Can you believe wow. that? That's, that's yeah. great. Amazing. And of course, everybody remembers my birthday is April 1st. So you can go ahead and flood me right. with cards and messages. And yeah, turn to 59. Who would have believed it? Um, I work in Chicago at Moody Publishers and love what I do. Uh, you may see my name pop up every now and then as editor of books. And if you look in the fine print, you can see my name at least. Uh, with the pandemic, most of my work is at home. So you're looking at my basement office right here. And I still get into work in Chicago about once a week, but otherwise I just work here at home and I like that. I still work as worship director at a church in suburban uh, Northwest suburbs in Arlington Heights. I've been doing that for many years and enjoy doing it. And uh, uh, Carla upstairs is, uh, is still with me. In fact, she was the one who encouraged me to do this. I, uh, after Thank I you, got Carla. that email, <laughs> I said, you know, honey, I don't know if I want to do this, <laughs> but no, she, she said I needed to. So, uh, it was her, her urging. We still have, uh, four of our kids live at home. Our youngest is a freshman in high school. And so we're kind of counting on the calendar, the days till when the kids are out of the house and we can retire someplace other than Chicago, probably, but that's where we're at right now. That is fantastic. And if you, you know, as far as writing, you know, Kevin, you sent me an article that you, I think recently wrote for Christianity Today about Ralph Carmichael and just encourage the listeners to go out and take a look at that. Just sometimes you, you, you hear a name and you, you don't really understand the backstory. And Kevin did a great job uh, kind of sharing that, uh, the history of Ralph Carmichael and his impact on, on Christian music. So I certainly appreciate the work that you're currently doing. Cool. Going to turn it over to Matt. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is quite an honor, but um, so I am Matt Stenberg, married to Cindy Stenberg. I have three kids, um, Jing, who's our oldest, and then Chloe and William, who are 16 and 15, respectively. So, uh, you know, active musical sports, you know, church life, whatever. Um, we are, we are having a blast, but, um, I just, I have to say, this is such an honor to see, to see you guys. Like it's such a blast from the past and, uh, to hear, to hear Mr. Mungins, I can't, I can't say Kevin, honestly, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> to, to just to see you is, oh my goodness. Like the memories are just flooding. So I'm very grateful for your ministry in my life. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, growing up with Matt Toner and, and then looking up to Don Geisler, man, this is, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. No, it's, it's, it's great to have you. I, I, I go back to the last two times. I think I've seen you both in person, Kevin, this was back, I believe in the fall of 2001. Uh, I was, I had the opportunity to travel with acapella and we had some open dates and Kevin was a pastor in Iowa and we were kind of going up through Iowa. And so I got a hold of him. I said, Hey, Kevin, you know, would your church you know, be able to host an acapella concert? And he was tickled pink and uh, made it happen in short order. And we, we had a, we had a great time at uh, Kevin's nice. church there. I think that was the last time I saw you face to face, Kevin. Is I think that, it that was. Sounds about right. Yeah. Goodness. Wow. Over Boom, 20, years. Goes 20 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I think Matt, I think it was uh, January, February, 2016, I had a safety managers conference down in Tampa 
And okay. uh, I was able to come down there and I spent the night. Uh, we actually went, I went with Matt and Cindy. I think we did like a trivia night at a local, uh, at a local uh, eatery. And it was, it was, right like, and I, I think we, I, we, we, I think we won. I don't, oh, I'm we like, definitely won. Absolutely. We, definitely won. <laughs> <laughs> we don't go out to, we don't set up to, to, you know, compete and not win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it was funny because it was with some of the teachers that, that Matt teaches with. And, and you talk oh, yeah. about competitive. It was, I mean, it was, I, you, you better bring your A game. Um, they were like, they looked at me kind of like, does, does this guy know what he did? You know, I think I maybe no. got one right, but uh, I tried to hold my own, but these, you know, these guys were whizzes. So it has been a while. So it's, uh, it's certainly good to have you both, uh, both on the podcast and yeah. thanks for uh, thanks spending for some time with us. And uh, us. Can, can I ask Kevin and Matt, do you all have any fond memories of Don and, and our Matt here you'd like to share from uh, the years gone by? I, certainly there's got to be some things that stand out. Well, for, Matt for just said it's flooding back. So Exa- well, exactly, be. exactly. I kind of regret that you're asking this now because we didn't we didn't cut the usual deal before we started. Where I, I meant to say, hey, I won't tell any embarrassing stories if you don't. I I do have a story though. If anybody wants to hear it, oh, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. Away. Just seeing you guys, you know, here on my Zoom screen, it's got Don and then Matt uh, Toner and then Stenberg all lined up in a row. And it's kind of like, you know, looking up at the top row of choir or something. And uh, it made me think, do you guys remember in sixth grade when we put together the sixth grade brass ensemble? Do you have memories of this? Because I think I think uh, you guys would have been in sixth grade and Matt uh, Stenberg would have been in fifth grade. And we, we actually were on the road. And I think we learned two songs and went as far as Max Day's church at West River Road Baptist. That's right. And, and that's uh, right we we practiced for weeks and weeks and uh and you know pastor day wherever he is thanks so much for hosting us and uh i can remember he's passed away i think yes oh wow i didn't know that seriously oh dear what a guy (laughs) yeah he was a great guy and uh we we practiced and at the end of one of these songs, Matt was playing trumpet, Toner was playing t- trumpet in Stenberg. Matt Toner, I think the song ended on a G, concert F. And for whatever reason, you thought the ending needed to be more snazzy. So you decided you were going to go up the octave. <laughs> of course. <laughs> not, not a shock. Not no, a shock. I was going up the octave. For our listeners who may not understand the sixth grade trumpet player, going up and playing a high G would be a risky proposition. Yeah, uh, doing it in public definitely risky. And uh, I, I, I can remember having a conversation where I kind of took you aside and said, "You know, Matt, I, I know you did that a couple of times in practice. That's so great. I'm so proud of you. Maybe when we play in performance, maybe you shouldn't try that." <laughs> Which, of course, if anybody knows. Uh, Matt Stenberg, you, you know what that meant, of course, right? He, he was going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> Even suggesting that he would not be able to do it, of course, is the, it's completely the it. wrong way to do it. Do you have any memories of this? I uh, remember going to Max Day's church. I don't recall going up the octave. I did. Well, <laughs> that's unlike me. I follow the script all the time. Oh, <laughs> there's no way. No, no. So the end of the story is we get to the end of the song. I'm sitting there in the first pew kind of going, you're going to try it. You're going to try it. 
bang, high G, boom, <laughs> nails it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my story for that. <laughs> that's that's classic. I, I love it. Matt, yeah, but- Matt. Well, Matt, Matt Stenberg, how about you? Uh, Matt or Don, in any classic tales from either of these guys? Well, man, I mean, go ahead. I got, no, I've got. I mean, I've got. I've got more on. I think on Kevin than uh, than I don't uh, that I sh- I should probably share. But man, I've can, I can. Uh, I've got so many great memories of of uh, choir and um, and church and and just uh, being a part of men's group. I remember in seventh grade or eighth grade singing in men's group. And I actually started at high tenor with Bobby Lundquist and finished finished the year and convinced, finally convinced Kevin to to sing bass because I was tired of trying to squeak out those those hideouts. I couldn't do it. Well, Bobby's still singing those. Yeah, yeah we're man. still wait. We're still waiting for Bobby's voice to change. But I. I still, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember just. I mean, Kevin did. Well, I, I swear, I know Kevin. You didn't want me to sing bass because you had like thirty of them already. So you're just like, please, we can't lose another Everyone's one. Everyone's a bass. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'll never forget the time in choir where Kevin had us uh, in choir, had us stare at a uh, screwdriver the entire class he had a stare at a screwdriver because we would never look at him he was always getting on us for not looking at him i think this story's been exaggerated over the years. <laughs> we stared at a screwdriver I the entire call is like 30 seconds no no i remember you walking out of the classroom <laughs> to the back while we just stared at this at this uh at this uh, screwdriver and to this day i'll never forget that because every time uh uh, uh, a choir director tells me just to you know to look up. I'll be like, oh yeah, I got this. I can do this. this, is nothing. this. I, I stared at a screwdriver for forty-five <laughs> minutes straight. I can do this. I knew we should have checked these stories. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> oh man, so many good memories. I'm telling you, and I think one of the best ones was was the fact that you were able to convince somehow we had a Beauty and the Beast concert. I don't know if uh, if you remember that, Kevin. We we did a Beauty and the Beast concert, and we did the orchestra. We had the choir. We did it all. And I don't know how you finagled that to get at Fourth Baptist to do a Beauty and the Beast. This is just when the just when the Beauty and the Beast Disney version came out, and uh, that was that. W- w- I I mean to this day I, we still talk. I mean you know Mark Oschlager, me and Mark Oschlager playing trombone um and singing in the choir we we still talk about that to this day it was so much fun we had so much fun I don't know how you finagled that but it was such a great concert we had so much fun ironically the I don't think the controversy was whether it's a good piece of music because that score is rightly famous for being just beautiful great yeah well-written songs and it's held up over time yeah uh now you know think of the years that have passed since then I think the controversy was it had just been released as a movie. Yes, that's right. And so we were <laughs> we were singing movie music. Yes. And I to be honest, you know, you ask how did I how did I I'm not sure I asked. <laughs> and uh, 
the cool thing was it reached critical mass where the, the students really loved it. And so by that point, there were so many people who were, who were so much in love with the thing, it was kind of hard to turn it off. And so they, they let us do it. Oh, wow. It turned, it turned out great. That was a happy memory. Yeah. Yeah. We, I love that. I think we have a, we have a, an old coach who has a famous saying, who uh, listens to the podcast on occasion, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than per, for permission. So yes, <laughs> yes. Famous quote. <laughs> it's interesting i think i remember i was in eighth grade you know matt and i were not yet in the high school choir and so i was hoping like man can we sing that stuff again and i think we we never did it like from a performance side but you know you know, we sang it a couple times in in, in uh, practice or, or something like that but that that was that was very me i still remember sitting and listening to you guys singing that uh you know I, you probably performed it for the school or whether it was the actual concert i still that was that made a huge impression because uh, it was really well done and Kevin, I I, when I when I see Toner, I just I, I still see Harold Hill. <laughs> well, Who's Harold you. Hill? What's Harold Hill? Uh, yeah, there may be an appearance later on. Let's oh. just put it. Let's just put it. I, I hope there is. Yeah. Well, who's yeah. Harold Hill? I don't know about no, that. No, you got to tease okay. it, Kevin. Right. Let's not let's not, let's not hey. tip the hand here. Just All throwing right. that out. <laughs> yeah, and one one thing I'm appreciative of you, know, Kevin. You brought up the story going to Max Day's church. I think you know when you were uh, you know at Fourth, you had a vision for us to obviously sing and do well at at uh, at at Fourth and and do you know concerts there. But it, you pushed pretty hard to have us travel, and so we 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 would go traveling uh, throughout even the country. I think sometimes we went down to think Kansas City and, and those types oh. of things. And you're at a real and those were extremely meaningful times as we went and ministered in churches and. Uh, and we're able to sing at, at various you know, festivals or whatever that that was uh, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for that that was uh, that was a lot of fun traveling Matt you probably remember when we did travel there was great times <laughs> that the guys had and uh, you know just talking about things and you know singing and um, it just those, those were very special times uh, outside of the, the the school the school time that I'm grateful for so well and Kevin I gotta say this just because I, I know that um when I, when I said this to Aaron, I, uh, Aaron Killian, when he was on a couple podcasts ago, we, we, we didn't realize how spoiled we had it. We had, uh, with, with our music teachers, because after I graduated from high school, I thought, well, I've had Kevin Mungins and, uh, Roger Killian. And I thought, well, that's just the standard. Well, when I get out there and I'm like, wow, what <laughs> we had it so good. And then just, I mean, it was just, uh, it, it's just, uh, I'm just so, I want to say publicly, thank you. Thank you so much for your influence and what you, uh, what you did for, for me musically and spiritually and, and just to look up to you. I mean, it was, it was just, it's just, I'm just so glad you're, you're able to come on. And when I heard that, Matt had this idea. I was like, yes, we have to do this. So, so thank you so much. It was just a great moment in time, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we were there at the right moment. And I always felt super grateful that I had such wonderful students, uh, gifted, uh, wonderful students, really. And uh, I, I have told people since then that it was just a unique time and place because we're in Minnesota. The choral arts are still widely respected. And, you know, I, I stuck a sign on my door and said, hey, we're starting the choir and, and 70 people showed up. And, <laughs> and people hear that story and they're like, that's yeah, amazing. That's, I love that doesn't that. happen in real life, right? No. no. <laughs> uh, wow. 
And I, I also remember too, you know, Matt and I, you know, being close in age and we both played the trumpet. Uh, you know, I've, I've got to, I've got to say thank you to your mother as well. You know, Karen Stenberg kind of had a vision for us too. And so we, we, we would play trumpet and the, there would be one requirement that she would have for us every time we played trumpet in front of the church. And, and Matt, what was that? Oh, uh, I don't remember one. I remember my, many. Well, what, what's, what's your one? But what's the one, one that was the hardest for me. Uh, no miss notes. Oh, 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 it was, it was uh, trills or something. Like it, grace notes? Oh, well, no, because I remember that the Kevin saying I would play those no matter what. She, she would make oh. us memorize it. We had oh, to memorize, like we had yeah, no yeah. music up Obviously. there. She said, you will, you will <laughs> see it's so ingrained in Matt, but we had to memorize everything. There was no stands up there. There was no music. And then as a kid, you know, growing up, it, it kind of got your heart pumping a little bit, but it, it kind of forced you to practice too. And so, she, you know, I, yeah. I appreciate you know, the influence that your mom had on, on me musically was incredible. And then we just, I mean, man, after, it seemed like after every service, we would be there practicing by the piano and um, you'd be like, are, are you ready to do it without the music yet? I'm like, no, nope, not quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> Up until the time, but that, those are always great. We, we even played a couple of times, I think at the state fair, uh, oh, yeah. which, which was, uh, which was pretty fun too. So mm-hmm. great memories with the, with the brass for sure. So Matt, I don't, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but I had major plans for you, um, at Semberg. I had major plans oh. for you. Um, after high school, after college, I was going to start my Southern gospel, my Southern gospel quartet, and you were going to be our piano player. Well, what happened, man? <laughs> yeah, I'm still I, here. I, 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 <laughs> oh, I love it. That's oh, why don't the get me going. Happening. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get Aaron Killian singing baritone. Tony oh. was going to sing, uh, sing lead, and we we're going to have to fight us a, a, a high tenor. But uh, yeah, we were going to we were going to kill it. We were going to kill oh. it. So yeah. I'm still in. It's great. Maybe when we all retire, that's what we'll do. That'll be our gig. We we'll travel around and do that. So no, yeah, great stuff. So again, guys, uh, yeah, again, welcome to the podcast. We're, we're grateful to have you. All right. We are going to jump in uh, to an amen battle. And because we're, you know, the focus is on music and we've got two uh, very uh, uh, wonderful musicians with us. I, I focused the amen battle on uh, musicals. So I picked five of the top musicals, uh, at least you know from my perspective. And and so guys, if you've not if not seen it before, we're gonna you're gonna watch watch the video. But then you're gonna you, then we'll kind of go back and forth and see which one is your favorite musical out of five that I chose. And uh, and so uh, here it is, episode fifty, Amen Battle. If I were a 
just was watching their reaction of you guys you were just so for those of you that i mean whoa mr mr stenberg was uh mayor shin in uh in the music man um and then i I had an opportunity to play uh professor harold hill and so um anyway that's that's why that that was a little bit less audio and video quality but it was the best i could do (laughs) back in the day mr mung has told us that video was like you know illegal we couldn't we couldn't use that yeah he also said don't go up on the high g <laughs> yeah he did. That's it. I <laughs> yeah it was uh i think i think uh it was yeah there there, there may be a copy here or there so <laughs> awesome yeah That's all amazing. right so so what do you guys think we got five musicals there which one uh which one took the cake which one got your got your loudest amen oof Well, you know, Newsies, uh, Newsies is always a, is a family favorite of ours, so I will, I will say Newsies. All right, yeah, it's catchy, catchy as I'll get out. Yeah, for me, I, I'm going to go with the Sound of Music just because that brings back so many childhood memories uh, mm-hmm. around the Christmas time, New Year's time. It would just yeah. always be on, and it was like. And for me, it always came on when they're hiding behind the, um, you know, like they're in the gate and, you know, they're, they're, they're just, you know, trying to be silent and quiet. And uh, then they come out and, you know, they're revealed and the whistles blown and, you know, and I love the line, mother, we have sinned. And they held the, you know, the car parts in their hands. I, I just, I, I'm going to go with sound of music. It was great. <laughs> Well, I suppose if you're asking what did I enjoy most, seeing two of our uh, podcast folks on the screen, that was yeah. that was really great. I mean, that who knew? I, I don't yeah. think I knew that. So that I'm gonna, it's gonna be a tie. So that one and the Sound of Music, just because I think that was one of the first music, musicals I ever saw, and and I certainly did probably find myself more interested in musicals because of the Sound of Music. By the way, what was that second? musical you had in there with that guy with the beard that's fiddler on the roof oh fiddler on the roof okay oh you're gonna watch that i don't think i've seen that one oh yeah yeah pull that we just pulled that one out for the family a couple months ago your your whole family will love that so good okay okay all right other other thoughts kevin matt which one you guys uh going with well Well, you know go ahead go ahead mr mungus if the family was voting, the family would vote for Hamilton because that's kind of a, a current family favorite. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I got to go with the old school answer, though. I'm saying the music, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see. <laughs> what about you, Matt? I'm picking two. Um, I'm going to yep. say personal experience, um, the music, man, because I know how hard Mr. Mung has worked to make that thing happen. And yep. also, like, you know, you and I were you know, got to, got to work together in that thing and you crushed that role, but also uh, sound of music is very special to me. That was like you said, on TV every year at Christmas time. And there's a line in that show, uh, you know, a, 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 a showstopper tune. Um, but the line is my heart will rejoice with the sound of music. And that is for me, that's, that's it. So yeah. I'll yeah. Take that. 
very special. I, I had to throw Hamilton in there. It's obviously a little bit newer one, but I got a little bit of a very man sure. crush, man crush on Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, uh, what he's cool. able to do with uh, with music and, and lyrics is is pretty incredible. You guys watch that uh, that the his uh, the newest one, the Disney one, and Canto. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, my, awesome. my, my my girls are all over that over the last week. Uh, I, I'm like, what is this? I haven't watched it myself, but uh, uh, I'm like, hey, time out here. Are we uh, singing more in canto or are we singing more about Jesus? What are we going to sing more about this week? So, well, they should ask you. Did you sing more Enrique or? <laughs> Hey, Seuss, I mean, come on. Let's go back to your girl. Yeah, your your youth. Yeah, Patch the Pirate. That was my youth. (laughs) You're the human jukebox. Stop it. No kidding. Patch the Pirate. Good grief. (laughs) (laughs) Tip of the iceberg for for that. So. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it was. Yeah, I'd probably have to say the the music man too, just with the the personal, uh, you know, being able to do that one. And, and it, oh, I think man. it was. It was. I mean, and even growing up, even in like junior high, I think you know, I was I was texting with Don. You guys did like Our Town, which I don't think was a musical, but I I still remember watching that one and being actually fairly emotional at the end of it, even as a youngster. And then Brigadoon, I think, was another one that was done. I was then, in the jury on Brigadoon. Were you? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. 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 I, and then uh, we did do the Sound of Music. I think my freshman year, Matt, your eighth grade year, yeah. um, I believe it was. And then, uh, and then the Music Man. And so, uh, you know, my junior yeah. year, sophomore year, that was that was fun. That was that was fun. Mr. Mungins worked very very hard that we, so that we could do those shows. Yes, I mean, Sim- that's, similar. That's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, what Don said to try to get uh, you know Beauty and the Beast. I think the same thing had to be done for the Music Man because there were some things in there that yeah that some church members would, would not appreciate, but you, you skillfully, uh, skillfully walked that line and took out what needed to be taken <laughs> out, but kept in what needed to be kept in for, uh, for, uh, to make that, make that what it was. So. I've, I've got to ask Kevin though, as we've talked about throughout this podcast so far, was it pretty hard to keep our podcast host, Matt on track in that role? I mean, did he kind of want to get a little bit out of control at times or was he uh, pretty, uh, res- respectful in his role? Oh, I, my memories of Matt in that role was that he was very disciplined. He worked very hard. You know, if, if you're familiar with that particular script, the part is word intensive and requires, I don't know how you memorized all that stuff, but uh, he did a great job. He was, he was on point the whole time. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll tell you what, it, I, I'm going to give it a, a shout out to someone else too, Gary Whiteford. So early on, you, I think either you tapped him or, or, or Greg Stikes tapped him and said, Hey, I need you to go work with Matt. And Gary came with me and he gave me like a little tape recorder. And, and he said, listen to this over and over and over and over again. And he worked with me on that role. He was kind of like the behind the scenes guy that helped me, me get there. I, I would not have been able to do that without, without Gary mm-hmm. Whiteford. Um, and so I appreciate all the time that he put in to help, help me be able to do that um so again just just special people in your life it's it's always good to be very thankful uh, for all the people that poured into your life uh growing up so yeah and i'll just add kevin i don't know if you knew this about matt but it, at pillsbury he was aslan in the lion and the witch in the wardrobe and i was actually the understudy and i really would not have been prepared <laughs> had he fallen sick at any point uh, for that role so i'm glad he stayed healthy <laughs> yeah I, I think everybody else is too. 
So. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Oh, good, good stuff. All right. Uh, let's see. We got uh, one more thing for the week that was, and I know we got a couple of baseball lovers, but baseball is back. Uh, kind of thoughts, thoughts on that. Are you, are you kind of a little bit frustrated that it took this long to get going? Or are we just happy that baseball's back? For me personally and my family, we are just happy it's back. My, uh, my daughter who was a senior this year was um, very, very, very disappointed. She was almost to tears when she heard that it, you know we weren't going to have a opening day uh as normal but uh we were very excited to hear and uh that uh it's just going to be like a week later so uh very excited and uh can't wait can't wait i was also dusting off the uh the the college baseball uh starting to try and try and actually dabble in college baseball i was that desperate for some for some uh for some spring training and, and spring baseball. So <laughs> now Matt, you're down, you're, you're semi-close to where the twins are at. Do, do you, yeah. you guys, do you, have you, have you ever gone over there? You got plans to go over there at all? Yeah, for sure. We, 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 yeah, we always, I mean, spring training is a huge part of, you know, our spring. I mean, we love to go. I played college baseball where the Phillies play. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I've been to Fort Myers where the twins are and, uh, the Yankees are in Tampa, so you know I I hate the Yankees, but we still will go. <laughs> yeah, we, we still will go check it out. But yeah, so you know, pitchers and catchers not reporting—that was a, kind of a big deal. You know, we're yeah. like, oh, okay, I guess we're not going to have this situation. But apparently, they worked it out, so it's great. Yeah, and for our listeners, you guys may may not know this, but uh, Matt was a very prolific baseball player, and uh, if he would if he would have come to Pillsbury, he would have been uh, he would have been. Uh, dominating at the catcher position i remember we strong word prolific strong well word. <laughs> i just remember we you know we played in the dome and i didn't play baseball because i i'm not that good at it but uh i remember you know sitting on the third base side and matt was up to bat and he almost hit it out of the park but i think it was like yeah. he had a triple like he just crushed Man. it to the outfield and um yeah very good catcher very good uh, very good hitter so thanks toner uh, yeah, that. <laughs> that one's for free so yeah <laughs> no good stuff yeah i'm, I'm excited that uh, baseball's back when when uh, they come the twins come to cleveland uh, typically go and uh, give, the, yeah. give the give the locals a hard time and, and it, yeah. it, we've we've won pretty much every time every game i've gone to which has been just fantastic um so it's uh it's a good thing baseball's back all right gonna turn it over to don for calling your shot well for calling your shot we got a special uh special special calling your shot here and it was actually proposed by uh one of our uh our guests here kevin actually uh submitted this and we jumped on this just based on what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks about our past couple podcasts about uh uh hymns and uh, our new songs that are coming out and the question that we are are posing uh to our to our uh our panel here tonight is uh what song written what christian song written in the last 20 years will be sung in the year 2100 so looking back in our past 20 years worth of uh with of uh i guess are we contemporary christian music here what song will be sung in the year 2100 so 100 years from now roughly any thoughts anything that jumps out to you guys Jeremy, you look like you got, yeah, uh, you've been, you've I been mean, studying this one for a while. I'm, I know. I know. I'm not, you know, listening to you guys and even Ryan, you in the mix, you, you guys, you guys all have this, 
affinity and this natural whatever for for music and i i was around music all my life too in christian schools and and we had choirs and we sang and i was in the phoenix boys choir because my mom forced me into that craziness and so i have a little bit of you know background in it but you guys i mean i think kevin said it right there are times in christian school or just in schools in general where you hit this high and and there's waves of great classes that come by and they're just there's nothing like it um, that that you can really compare it to. And it, it's almost like, like, you know, basketball teams or whatever, you know, they just have this aura about them. And I, I, I love hearing all that about you guys. Challenge me. And it's, it made me start to go back and look at, look at a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, lyrics and a lot of questions, a lot of songs. And recently um, I have really spent a lot of time with my family singing and um, um, having the incorporating my family, my kids, especially in, in Sunday morning worship with, with us and uh, with me. And when it's my turn to sing, um, I don't sing alone anymore. I, I bring them with me. And Matt suggested a song not too awful long ago in our, in our podcast that he's like, you guys got to hear this song. And I did. I went out and listened to it that night on the way home. And um, it is a it is a Getty uh, Papa song. And it is this. It is Christ, our hope in life and death. Uh, I know it hasn't been out for very long, but I'm telling you the truth in that song and, and the the chorus of sing hallelujah, you know, um, our hope springs eternal. I mean, all, just these, just these truths, but the way the music to me flows, and I am not, I am, I have no real background in it at all. But to me, um, when, when people sing that song and when choirs, when it's played, it just has this, this longer term feel to me. And I, I can't put a, I can't put anything tangible on it, but for me, that's what it's going to be. Great song. Great song. Who's up next? I'll go. Um, I'm going to pick a song that I believe was written in 2003. Um, and I won't say too much about it, just that it's, it's a hymn I love to sing. And I, there are times I'll just play it on repeat if I'm, if I'm listening to music or whatever. But um, it's, it's called Before the Throne of God Above. Uh, so that falls right within that 20 year time frame we're talking about. And I hope and pray we are still singing that in uh, 2100. Yeah, we sang that this morning at church. That was, song. yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'll go ahead. I'll jump in here. And uh, the song that I think um, the past 20 years, I think for me, um, is a uh, song by uh, called Cornerstone. Uh, I think it's a hill song, uh, worship song, and um, that song, for whatever reason, we sing at our at at our church. It just has this. It's I, I don't know if, if it's if it's correct to call it. It just has this haunting melody that just sticks with me, no matter where I am after the after the service is over. I'm still, you know, it's still in the back of my mind. And I carry it with me out the door, um, and I just think, you know, you know, Jesus Christ, cornerstone. Uh, it, it just embodies what I think, um, what Aaron Killian, uh, when he, in, in his podcast, he, he said, who is the hero of this song? 
And um, I think I think uh, that embodies that that idea. And that's why I hope in 2100, I'll still be singing that song. Well, Jeremy stole mine, and uh, <laughs> and, and and I'm good with that because that. But I did have a backup, as 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 I am. I had to do. I had one too because I thought you might pick that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good one. But uh, there there was one a, a few years earlier, maybe about ten years earlier, but, uh, called "All I Have Is Christ," and mm. um, that that is a very powerful anthem and very rich in gospel truth. And there actually is a. Uh, uh, somebody did an animate, animated video along with it that really kind of helps cement some of the truth uh, of that song. I'll, I'll try to link it in the, uh, in the podcast notes uh, for it. But uh, all I have is Christ is a great, is a great anthem as well. And it just, just, rich in, just rich in gospel truth. So I'll go with all I have is Christ. All right, well, let's go. We'll go Matt. And then we'll, the, the guy who came up with the question has got to go last. He's going to put a bow on it for us. So go ahead, Matt. So, so the question is, what song will still be sung? Uh, okay, thousand one hundred. Yep. All right, uh, and we're going back twenty years. Mm-hmm. Twenty years. Okay, but I don't have to love that song or like think it's amazing. I just no. think it will be sung. Okay. Yes. All right. It's going to be how great is our God? Okay. <laughs> so you hedged a little bit. That's it's not a song you like, but you think it'll be sung. I I I think I think it is. I, well. I, I think I think it is a, a good song. I'm not I'm not saying it's really rich in theological truth, but I'm saying it is well loved and universally, you know, it's just it's just an anthem that people will sing um, for a long time. And I think there's nothing wrong with people singing "How Great Is Our God," but it's just not really like you. All I have is Christ, or you know, before the throne. Those are those are different. Those are him, you know, him type songs. How great is our God is more of a you know uh a chorus or an anthem or whatever but that i i do believe that will still be sung in 50 years i hadn't thought about that one in a little bit that is it is a very yeah a lot of people did jump on that one still singing it now it's 20 years later so (laughs) you know that's pretty good longevity all right kevin yeah i asked a question that i i can't answer myself i just wanted to hear what you guys would say (laughs) It's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because if you qualify it by saying, what song will congregations be singing a hundred years from now, you know, kind of making distinction between what's the worship band going to play uh, or what will we hear on the radio or MP3 or whatever technology we have then, uh, that might be a little different answer. But if we're asking the question, what song will every congregation know well enough to sing um seems to me like our church music has gotten pretty local, right? Where the songs my church likes to sing might not be songs your church even knows. Yeah. And so I, I struggle with this right now because I, I wonder if we still have some of those great songs that everybody knows well enough to sing together when they, when they gather in these big groups. Uh, there's a couple that maybe are a little longer than 20 years that might be like in christ alone that's got to be around right maybe power of the cross i think those are a little outside the 20-year window but uh i I think maybe congregations will sing those in 100 years um we sang one this morning that i just i love and i guess i'll kind of cheat and say i hope it's around in 20 years or 100 years 
my soul finds rest uh, that Stuart Townend, Aaron Keyes song. Uh, our congregation sang that this morning. It was just a, a wonderfully moving and uplifting song. And uh, there's some like that that I hope 100 years from now we're still singing. Wow. So I've got a question I'm posing now that as Kevin was saying that, um, is it because we had a hymn book growing up that had all these songs um, gathered together in one place that these songs were able to be passed down? I mean, I don't, I mean, what, what is our traditional hymn book look like today? I mean, is that, do you guys, do you, awesome. I mean, do you guys track what I'm, I'm trying to get at? What is maybe I'm stealing some of Jeremy Slender? I don't know for 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 our later segment. No, I was just curious. Good. Yeah, I was just curious. What do you guys think is our traditional hymn book today, or how, or is is there one? Well, there's there's so many hymn books to choose from, and and you know different people are collecting different hymns. That's kind of like, well, you know, I like this. Play. There's there's hymns in our hymn book that we have. I think we're singing out of. Maybe it's called the Celebration Hymnal or something like that. Good one. And excuse me. And and there are some there's some hymns that are just not in there that I I I love from my youth. I mean, from back when I was in a Grace Brethren Church in Phoenix, Arizona, for however that happened. You know, they just they're not in there. Um, one of them is uh, "May the Mind of Christ My Savior." Uh, I I love that hymn. Mm -hmm. um, Anyway, uh, so you're right. I, it's an, it is an interesting question. And I think as technology continues to go out, our, our hymn book is going to be digital. And um, it's, it's going to be infinite download, I think. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Anybody else want to jump in here? Well, I, I'll just add that for our church, we have, I think it is the celebration hymnal, which is a little more updated, but it's got a lot, a lot of the great hymns of the faith, but then we also have a hymnal called um, Modern and Ancient Hymns, I think is what it's called, and it's smaller, and it's got a lot of Getty music within that, so it's, it's, it's a nice combination of, of music for our church anyway. Yeah, I gotta tell you something funny, because on this wall behind me, that's not actually a background. It's really my office. And uh, I've, I've started collecting hymnals. And so on these shelves behind me, if you look super close, you can probably see some of those hymnals that you're familiar with. I, there's about a thousand on this shelf here. Oh and then, uh, then I've got a, like maybe another couple thousand in storage too, that uh, I've really kind of gotten into collecting hymnals. I, I've turned into that old guy in his basement, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great question because uh the thing that i'm talking to our church right now about we're in the process of looking for a new hymnal and we need a new hymnal because our our current hymnal was published in 87 i think so it's you know it was time for a new a new hymnal but i don't think churches that use hymnals will ever use them for 40 years again you know they'll, they'll have a lifespan of maybe 10 years 15 years right and then we'll we'll just have to remember to freshen them up a little more frequently than we were we were used to doing uh, and so i it's it's a great question i'm curious to see how it all filters down i think not too many churches use hymnals anymore right everything's pretty much projected and um you know for the most part i think probably some still do but uh, most that i've i've been at at least recently have not uh, used 
the actual hymnal, sing some hymns, but not as many as we sang back in the day. Um, you know, so right or wrong, it's hmm. not saying it, it's just interesting. It's a great question. Yeah, I, I don't, my, my church doesn't use a hymnal. Um, I don't think I've used a hymnal since I was attending fourth uh, at a nor at a nor at a at a church. Um, I've uh, been a part of two churches since uh, getting married, and um, yeah, neither of them used hymnals. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's just I, I, it was interesting for me to hear that you know they're still that still people still use use hymnals, um, and uh, but I also think that. Uh, how many years did those hymnals, uh, and Kevin, maybe you can help me understand. This is some a question I was pondering. How many years does a typical hymnal span? I mean, how many years worth of music does a typical hymnal span? You know, you'd have Reformation hymns, in some cases, pre-Reformation hymns. Mm -hmm. So going 500 years back and then up to when the book was printed. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and that becomes kind of its liability, doesn't it? Because the classic old hymns are still the classic old hymns. Sure. Uh, our church sang A Mighty Fortress this morning, too. And uh, it, people have sung that song for 500 years and will continue singing it. But the new songs, suddenly you've got all these really great new songs that people want to sing and they're not in your hymnal. And, uh, and then what do you do? And so that, that's when that goes on long enough, people start to think, hey, we need to need to freshen up our hymnal. With all these thousands of hymn books, ha have you found one that one in particular that's you're, you're affectionate towards? There's no ideal hymnal, really. Well, I know uh, that's that's kind of why I asked the question. And is, so it's you know, like it's like like a long series of. Uh, compromises isn't quite the right word but you know you're you're looking for something that's ideal that you can't quite achieve and so you do right. the best you can and right um there are some books that have been put out in the last five years that are that are great books and uh you know fresh vibrant songs in them and uh it, it's still possible to find those i think the people who are really down on hymnals are the ones who are stuck in a situation where their hymnal is 50 years old and and every song their church sings is 50 years old or or older um so i you know the thing i'm learning the most is you you need to freshen those whatever source you're using you've got to freshen it regularly hmm. all right are you guys ready for some trivia Do it. again no no pressure guys but uh guests typically win it's not because we let them. Right. Right, right. Jeremy? You yeah. and me. Yeah. You, me, yeah. and Don, we're really tough, tough competition. Yeah. So uh, I, I like uh, Kevin and uh, Matt Stenberg's chances tonight. Uh, but I honestly, guys, I have to admit, I have felt a little bit convicted recently. The Lord has been working on my heart that I've been a little bit too tough in some of the questions I've posed. So I'm going to try to I'm going to try to slide back a little bit. And so I, I hope you'll find the questions tonight are a little bit easier. Okay. Well, if there's one thing you're good at. It's backsliding. Good. good oh. there, right? <laughs> wow. Preach. <laughs> Rebuked. Thank you. Thank you. Holy spirit. Appreciate you showing up. Wow. <laughs> All right. So this is uh, for our guests. Again, this is going to be Jeopardy like uh, Matt will play some uh, Jeopardy music until Don cuts him off. 
And then we're going to give you a list of, we got five questions ready to go tonight. So you will ring in with your name. Now, maybe we should do, uh, I guess I'll figure out what Matt, since we got two Matt's, I'll figure out who said it. So I think your voices are. If you want to uh, do like last names, Matt, you and me. Classic. <laughs> okay. Okay. So maybe we should do that just in case you come in at the same time or close to the same time. I think, yeah, if you guys would just go last names, let's do it that sure. way. All right, so you guys ready to go? I've got three songs, and it's called Truth and Tunes Trivia. So truth means I'm taking these questions from the Bible, essentially. Tunes, they're more related to Christian music, all right, just generally Christian music. So we'll, we'll get started. So the first three questions tonight come from Scripture. Okay. All right, here we go. Question number one. This biblical book's meaning is sacred songs or poems— Stenberg? Stenberg. Psalms? Psalms? That is correct. You are correct. It is Psalms. <laughs> Guess one. Regular. <laughs> Starting off great as it normally does. <laughs> fantastic. Sorry. <laughs> oh, don't be sorry. We appreciate it. This goes to show you what type of guest we bring on to talk about music. They, they, they should be winning. Yeah. <laughs> good, good point. All right. Question, question two. This person's song was the first song mentioned in the Bible. Hmm. First song. Good question. Five, four. Kevin's going to try. Kevin. I'm just guessing. Miriam? Uh, who is Miriam? I'm going to say incorrect. Oh. Incorrect. Good, good guess, though. That is a really good guess. But it's a song. No doubt. No doubt. I cannot Ooh. argue with that. Stenberg. Uh, Stenberg. Uh, Mary? Uh, who is Mary? Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, that is also that incorrect. Is incorrect. All right, regulars, here's your chance. <laughs> Tie it up. Hey, could you please repeat the question? Uh, yes, and then I'll give you a count of five again. Oh, here mm -hmm. we go. This five. person's song was the first song mentioned in the Bible. Hmm. Matt. Oh, I don't know. Was he in? Yeah. I'm, okay. And I'm going to pull this one from, from Kevin actually taught this one way back in the day. I think this is part of your doctoral thing or dissertation wow. or something like that, but uh, God sang over creation. So I'm going to say God. Ooh. <laughs> Holla. Holla yeah, can't argue with that one. Playing the high notes. Playing <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. Tell me how you're going to wriggle out of that one, Ryan. <laughs> Is that, is that correct or incorrect well the person's song was the first song mentioned in the bible i don't recall anything in in genesis where god was singing while he was creating so i'm gonna say incorrect all right I, i'm i'm gonna call it good just for the sake of time the the answer is moses in exodus 15 it's the song oh, of moses yeah yikes yeah <laughs> Good, All right, good. listeners, listeners, and myself, we got we got some scripture to look at to see where God Rebuked. sang over creation. Rebuked. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, was Moses right. was Moses singing Pharaoh Pharaoh to? <laughs> <laughs> likely, very likely. Pharaoh <laughs> Pharaoh. Oh boy! Did uh, did uh, Kevin teach you that song? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right. Question three. 
this person's song is the last song sung in the Bible. I love it. I love it. I know these are tough, but I think these were good finds. Matt? Matt Toner. Toner. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Jesus when they sang a hymn and went out. That's the last. That's the only one oh. I can think of in the New Testament. So I'm yeah. gonna say Jesus and the disciples. What? <laughs> what? Where? Who is? They sang a hymn and they they departed. Do you do you read the Bible? Like, do you need to get into the book? Who or? is Jesus? Oh wow! I never follow that stuff. It's just just. Who, who it's is correct? It's, it's all incorrect. Jesus' disciples are all incorrect. The format of the, the, the response was incorrect. So there. Uh, let's do this one more time. This person's song is the last song sung in the Bible. All right. So we've got five, four, three. Hey, wait, I got to ask a question about that. because right, yeah. this, this seems like it's there's, this is a trick question, right? Yep. Has, it. Has, it. has this song occurred yet? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, now I'm talking chronologically from Genesis. So no, that's that. where we had Moses in Exodus, but I'm going from Genesis to Revelation, which is the last yeah. song. Who has the last song in the Bible? I hope that clears it up. A okay, if bit. we go with the song of the lamb, wouldn't we be saying it's a song that hasn't yet been sung? <laughs> well, Revelation, the- right? You give love a bad name. Go ahead, Tony. You're getting lit up. Negative one for Matt You're getting lit up as a as a trivia. That's right. He's got to be right, right? This person's song is the last song sung in the Bible, referenced as a song that is sung. Okay, so it has it's this. So it has been sung. No it has been sung is what you're saying i i can't say that'll give too much information oh my goodness you Five, see four, three, two, one. all right go give us the answer <laughs> okay this is to me i love this question it actually is also moses in revelation 15 you have moses in exodus 15 moses in revelation 15 what are the chances okay what is the verse? What? How, how, yeah, where did you where did you dream this up? <laughs> I thought you made this easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Under, first question I did. under conviction of who? The first question was easier, and the last two will be easier. Okay, fair so enough, first, fair I thought those two were kind of fun questions. So, all right, Kevin. Kevin, I am. I've, I've already got a committee formed for for situations <laughs> like these. I think I've got the one in Genesis, and you got the one in Revelation. I think that's the most accurate one, and we'll 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 fight for that. So, if yeah, right. So, if you find anything out about the other song that Kevin referenced, we'll, we'll go back and give him the point. But that that is what I found. So, all, all right. right. Question four. What, what's the score? Where are we at? Uh, is it just Stenberg? Matt one? Stenberg won. Everybody else none. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And, and these are these these are music ones, right? So I'm not going to play the background music. Okay. Right? Fair enough. Right, Don. Yeah. Yeah. Go All, right. All right. Here we go. This contemporary Christian song is the closest thing to John Fogarty's center field and was sung by Jeff Moore in the distance. Owner. <laughs> Yeah, Toner, go ahead. That'd be home run. Home run. 
Put me in, coach. <laughs> yes. We've, yes. We've, the, I'm the drawn two. even. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how timely. Baseball starting. I had to do a yeah. baseball music question. You all should have been prepped for that one. Sharp. Very sharp. <laughs> I've got to ask Matt Stenberg, though. I was about done with the question, and he was about on the floor laughing. Yeah. Did, well, you know, okay. did you know the answer to the question? Well, I, the question was actually kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So it's either a tiebreaker for the math or one of the other three is going to come in and tie them. Then we go to a real tiebreaker. And I've got full faith that somebody's going to get this one. Remember, I was convicted about these questions. So here we go. Uh. Question five. One verse of this great hymn contains the lyrics, long my imprisoned spirit lay. Sing it. What's the name of it? Fast bound in, in sin, sin and, and nature's, nature's night. night. Mine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My, My heart was free. Yeah. My Three. And canopy. Matt. He didn't say his name. No. He's got it. Correct. And can it be is the correct answer? We have a winner. Woo! Well done. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry I spotted off there. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't hear it. So yeah, thanks for coming in with your name. You still came in with your name yeah, and you got very it. aggressive. Yep. Excellent work. Another day, another guest victory here on Six in the Mix Trivia. It's very kind of you guys. You guys are gracious hosts. <laughs> gracious host with a goofy trivia guy that's what we got gracious host. <laughs> yeah but toner said he said all the lyrics literally all the lyrics yeah all right I just that, yeah i can't i can't get to the title of these things i could yeah. I, I know them but i yeah it's all right all right jeremy why don't you take it away we'll get into the meat and potatoes of uh all right. the podcast well, we do have we do have a couple of questions we want to ask our guests, and and any interaction from any of us um, is is welcome. Uh, I I do want to say again, I am I am um, I can sense the reverence and the respect uh, in the Zoom room, if you will, uh, for Kevin and what you've done um, over the past decades of teaching. Matt, you're in uh, you're in music education now, from what I understand, and in the classroom and. Uh, I also uh, teach as well, so I understand the challenges. I understand some of the things that we battle um, even with students today and, and uh, what really the student looks like today, which is, I think, much different from what uh, we knew maybe when we were uh, going through high school and, and even college. I, I'm going to start with the question, and I'm going to pose it to Matt first, and then, Kevin, you can, you can answer the same thing. But I'm going to ask the question of what's been the biggest challenge uh, that you have faced in um, Christian education, but specifically music education. So Matt, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it to you and then Kevin to you after that. Um, the biggest challenge you have faced uh, with Christian music education. Um, I mean, the, the past two years have been really difficult, obviously, like for, for everyone in their, in their line of work, but um, you know, just trying to, uh, make music a part of people's lives in the past two years has been difficult, but it, over my career, I would say, um, just, uh, a reckon, a recognition and cultivation of a gift, 
you know, that, that you, that God has given to you and like, why, like, why do I have this ability and what, what is my purpose with it? Um, that's kind of, you know, just trying to channel kids in, in the direction of service, uh, has been, you know, a little bit of a challenge, but, um, uh, I'm, yeah, I, I, I guess that's kind of, that's kind of it. Just, just directing them towards service with their, with their talents. Cause a lot of, a lot of, a lot of kids have talent, but they, they want to grab it for themselves. You know what I mean? But yeah. directing them towards service has been, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a, a challenge, I would say. Yeah. To use that gift uh, for sure can be, can be a difficult thing and really comes sure. to, again, the heart of a student and, re and really what a teacher does day in and day out. It's, it's showing that heart uh, and showing that those things can be done and can be achieved. Kevin, how, how would you uh, uh, see this and answer this? I was really curious to hear what Stenberg was going to say, because he's been teaching during a really difficult time. Yeah. And, uh, when my kids take music classes over at the public school here in town, uh, I'm just amazed at what the teachers are able to do and how uh, persistent and resilient they were during the COVID season when it was nearly impossible for, for music groups to practice, right? It was just, it was crazy. So I, Matt, just to think that you guys have been so persistent in teaching over these last couple of years, I'm just, I'm amazed by it. You know, truth of the matter, uh, I don't even know if I'm a good person to answer this question because I, I, uh, I retired when I was 34, right? And uh, funny thing for you guys to think about is uh, you're way older than I was when I my, during my last. Oh, was ooh, did that? I saw that cut, email. I was like, did that cut cool. a little close? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And uh, so it's you know I, I look at that question and. Can I give you an honest answer that, that probably every music teacher would think about every day? I think the biggest challenge you face as, as a music teacher is yourself. And hmm. uh, thinking about, it's a tough job, right? And so you're always thinking about all of your professional limitations. You always wish you knew more. You always wish you had more skill. You always wish you understood more about how kids worked. And, uh, you know, how, how to motivate them, how to teach them. Uh, you always have this nagging feeling that you don't quite know enough. And, mm. and there's a lot of days where you're just not the person you need to be. Mm. Uh, you know, music teachers go home lots uh, thinking, wow, I wish I could do that day over. Uh, and I'll be honest, I've got whole years I wish I could do over. <laughs> uh, Greatest challenge I think anybody faces is, is themselves. And by the grace of God, he, he carries us through the good times and the bad and uh, on the anvil of his will makes us the people he wants us to be. Amen. Uh, uh, maybe a, a related question to that, and this can be to anybody. Um, what, what, was the, what was the moment that you had specifically in music where music really gripped you and touched you and you know that moment where it just it consumes you like all of a sudden you're just and and for me I, it was caught by surprise I was singing the Phoenix Boys Choir and we were in a Catholic church and we were singing a Latin song I don't even know what we were singing but it was a Christmas concert and it was absolutely unbelievable the sound that was coming through th that that auditorium that 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 
what, what do they call it? The cathedral. It, I, I, I couldn't believe, I just, I realized at that moment, I think I was 11, maybe 10 years old that I, I'm part of this sound. Mm. What, what, when was that for you guys? Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious, did you ever have that moment? I mean, I, I did. I mean, you can, should I go for it? Yeah. yeah. Fire okay, away. Okay. Fire away. I mean, Mr. Monga, there, there, there are, I'm, I'm going to just be honest. There are many moments and it's not just because I'm on a podcast with him. We, we haven't spoken in many, many years, but there are, there are so many moments that I can vividly remember that have directed me to where I am today. Um, but what you're talking about with the, with the Phoenix Boys Choir, I mean, uh, Mr. Mungins invited me to sing in the, Mo the, the Mozart, it was a C minor mass or something, a midnight mass, um, when I was really too young, I think, to be doing that. And, and he's like, I think you can do it. And I was singing tenor, and I wasn't really a tenor. But he brought, but I think, I think he understood that that would mean something to me. I, I, I'm not speaking, I don't want to speak for you, sir. But I think he, I think he recognized that that would, that would be important to me. And that I would embrace that. And that was a life-changing experience for me. That really, it, it really so, was. That lit, I mean, that lit your fuse in, in, in many ways. And sure. you had a lot of those instances. Anybody um, else that, that had that moment? I mean, Don, I, I see you over there just kind of, you know, the reels. You know, I think the- It's for the, you, or you, you just, you were in awe of- It was, it had to be um, these, I remember vividly, these um, so, uh, weekday morning practices, whether they were mixed ensemble or- 6.45 a.m. <laughs> or men's ensemble, crisp. right? Yeah. We it wasn't 6.45. That is unbelievable. It's <laughs> earlier and earlier every time you tell that story. That, no, that is it, unbelievable that yes. you would do that. 6.45, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And but you all I, came. Yeah, we all, we all came. We all came. We we were gluttons for punishment. I tell you that. But what I remember about that, and I vividly remember sitting in you know that first row, where it was it was in a men's it was a men's uh, for the men's uh, ensemble, and I remember Kevin. You would always re, always want to do these these uh, uh, these these acapella acapella songs, okay. and these and. It, I can't even remember what the song was, but I just remember sitting there, sit, sitting there, and I remember sitting next to Bobby. I was sitting next to Bobby because I was, still hadn't transitioned to uh, to bass yet, um, <laughs> and and I just remember being a part of something that was bigger than me, yeah. and I remember feeling that when all things were clicking, we were all in in you know we we're all singing different parts and we were all clicking and there was no greater feeling within that i could feel that i've ever felt before and i re always remember wanting more of it it was like this this drug that you were feeding us and we were like we, we just got a little bit of it and now we just keep wanting more and more and more of it and i'll never forget just wanting to be you know, wanting a little bit more of that every, every time we got together to practice. And I remember having so much fun with it too, because I remember laughing nonstop and still having fun and learning. Um, I don't remember you, you, you came up with a, a song built, remember Bill Grogan's goat? <laughs> 
Bill Grogan's goat is it's like a, 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 a you know the quartet song, a, a barbershop quartet song. But he wrote some lyrics. He wrote additional lyrics to the song, and um and you and and one oh. of the the fourth the fourth verse or something like you, you know you do a little play on words, and it, at the end of the third verse is uh, right at Bill's, and then and you were supposed to say but but we obviously can't say but because we're a good Christian. <laughs> Christian school, but you insert but into the start of the fourth fourth verse. <laughs> so, and so I'll never forget that. I was like, I, I sang that. I, I can remember going to college and, and tracking down those lyrics every time I could get, because I thought this was the most hilarious thing I'd ever done in my life. And, and I just remember having so much fun that if, if it was, if, if, if Kevin was having fun with it, I was having fun with it. And then if that meant I was having fun with it, it must be fun. So let's, let's ever get everybody else involved. And so that's what just, I mean, I just remember having the, 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 the times we had with that were so much fun, but also the times that when we were having fun, it was clicking and that's what made me want more of it. Can and I, I can, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Can I mention one thing? Um, I don't know, Mr. Mungus, if you remember teaching us, Elsie was a mighty fine cow. Do you remember that song? Yeah, I do. That was, <laughs> that was an elementary music hit. Yeah, I was, I, was, I, was in, I was in fourth grade and you taught me that. And I will tell you my vocal techniques class at Howard W. Blake School of the Arts begs me to sing that in warm-ups every single day. <laughs> every single day. And they are brilliant young singers. And, but they want to sing Elsie because I taught them that like the first week of school because you taught me. So I just want to share that. We're still singing that song. Oh man, we're still saying that. I mean, I was ju- I was just going to ask my my next question is about memories, but this is what it, we've all you know this have, whole thing more, has been so memories. I mean, this me. whole thing has been memory. So yeah. we'll 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 save that for a little bit later, and you guys can continue to share. I I do want to transition to this question, um, good or bad, uh, positive or negative, however you want to look at this. What what are some things that have changed throughout your lifetime, our lifetimes, um, that have been either good uh, for music and in, in your experience with music in life and, and how you've uh, kind of assimilated music in your life uh, or, or some things that maybe you, you, you're sad about or, or wish would have gone different ways um, as far as music is concerned. And I know this is kind of a big, you know, maybe question just because there's so many different ways you can go. Um, so maybe just make it personal to you, uh, whether it's, you know, your worship music or, or just in general, um, some things about um, music and, and the direction it's gone, good or bad, uh, in your lifetime. Anybody want to jump in? doesn't have to be to our guests, but just anybody. Well, I know that I've alluded this to this already a little bit before, but I'll just say this real quick. Um, you know, we had it so good in high school, we didn't realize that, you know, we had it that good. And then when we go on to college, we go into to life and marriage and, and um, I you know, I, I, I'll, I shared this with Aaron too. I was like, I, I just, I recently sang in a choir and uh, Tim Sawyer, the choir director at Northwestern who um, uh, sang in his choir, a community choir. And um, I did real, I mean, that was one of those instances where it dawned on me. I'm like, finally, I have a, a, a somebody comparable that I can remember when I was growing up in high school, like Kevin, having being under the tutelage of Kevin and, and Roger Killian. Um, and I just, you know, I, it wasn't until, you know, five, six years later, you know, or years ago that I was, you know, singing under, under Tim Sawyer and uh, that I, that I 
uh, conducting that I that I was like, well, I, I took those those years for granted and I wish I could go back and do them over again. <laughs> yeah, good, good thought. Anybody else uh, direction of music in your life? Positive and negative or negative? As I think back, as I think back on it, I think like we're living in now in a day where you want music, you can get it right away. You know, the, I, so what, whether you call it like an uh, accessibility or, or saturation of music, like back in the day, you had to uh, hope it came on the radio or you had to go down to, you know, Sam Goody and buy the, buy the disc or order the cassette tape to get what you wanted. Now you, you plug it into whatever device you have and you have it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if it's, it maybe dimmed our appreciation of music because, you you can go get whatever you want right away and just move 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 and you don't like just take in a cd and and and, and think about uh you know more than just a song but hey how does how did the artist build the cd to help you know uh whatever whether it's christian or secular you know what, what was the design behind it i think they're just okay i want to go to the next one. Oh, i, I really like this one i want to go to the next one now i don't know it may, maybe it cheapens the appreciation of music you know matt i'm so glad you said that because that touches on kind of the things that I worry about too. Certainly we've become a culture of music consumers, haven't we? Uh, ha are we still music producers? I, there's days I wonder. And uh, I'm so glad for the, the next generation of teachers that are still working with all those students that are passionate about being music producers. But on the whole, I look around and I think, wow, that's turned into something weird, isn't it? Where suddenly they're just a minority of you know, the music nerds, whatever they call them at your school, Matt, I don't know, but uh, it's starting to become unusual. And on Sunday morning, when the worship band gets up to play, uh, I really just want to hear the congregation sing. More mm -hmm. than anything else, I want to hear the music producers singing. And sometimes I look around and there's a lot of people with their hands in their pockets and they're vibing with the band, but they're not actually singing and that i kind of wonder if maybe we're losing something there yeah i you know part part of my thought earlier with just that moment in time where you just it just you know you you felt it and don you said it was clicking everybody and it, and it is that unison moment it is attractive it is very very uh connecting um but my my thought there was you know leading to when we do sing uh How amazing will that be? Because there will not be like a hindered, you know, moment. It'll, it'll just be the complete flow of that and to, to have that ovation in our voice and, and ovation to our God. Uh, Matt, you work with, with kids all the time. Um, just, you know, boots on the ground in the classroom. What, what do you see uh, with students today? Um, as they're, as they're trying to compose things, are they coming in, you know, red hot, we're going to put this out as a single? I mean, are you, are you knocking them down a little bit and trying to work with them just skill-wise and theory-wise? Uh, give us a sense of what you, you see in the classroom every day. I mean, I, I work in a very unique school. Um, I was in Christian, school, Christian education for um, 16 years. But now I'm in an art school. It's a public school. It's a, it's a magnet school. So um, students audition to be music students audition to be at our school. Okay. Um, so I teach piano and voice, and then I direct musical theater um, productions throughout the year. But um, I'm seeing uh, a lot of hunger for like connection, you know, like, like music is their connection to the world. 
Um, that's the way they communicate. And so I'm just trying to facilitate that. That's, that's kind of, um, I view that as my job. And like musical technique is a huge part of that, but also just, just um, uh, fluency with, you know, like uh, person to person. You know, and so they're not all believers that I work with. Um, sure. I, I wasn't I wasn't Christian school for a long time, but um, now the believers that I work with are a little more. You know, uh, they're not quite as you know. It's it's not quite as apparent, but um, I know who they are, and 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 I can I can work with them on Christian music. They ask me, you know, I'm playing this Sunday in church, so can you help me, you know, prepare this? So I. I love doing that as well, but um, it's more of a, it's more of their communication to the world. That's, that's, that's the way these kids are, are expressing themselves. So I love, I love interacting on that level because I, it resonates with me. That, that, sure. that brings about. Sure. Uh, I, you can tell that you've got that rapport, you know, as you sit here and as I hear you, you know, going back and forth, you can tell you've got that rapport and that passion that that is uh, an amazing thing. Um, just maybe one more question here before we, we wrap up and, and hand things over to Kevin for uh, Fix Your Eyes. Um, I'm, I'm interested in this. Um, I've, I've spoken about these moments. What was your absolute all-time favorite sacred song moment? Like you sang in a group, you listened to something, you heard something, could have been a concert, but just, just a, that, that time where it was just this place just a little bit um where you where you just you were you were captured by um that that moment but i, I i'm kind of limiting to it to a sacred a sacred Oof. moment okay so maybe maybe testing you a little bit um anybody have one that just jumps out if you don't have one that's fine i'm just give give me a moment that you were just like oh yeah this was great i we were in this group or we did this and it was just a, a wonderful ministry opportunity go ahead be aggressive I, I, I've got I've got a couple. Yeah. Uh, one uh, with with Mr. Muggins was um, "Beautiful Savior." I mean that that oh, song is beautiful. Like oh, yeah. it's just a, it's just a great memory for me. And also uh, we played in a brass ensemble. I think with Matt Toner, um, uh, "Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us." I don't know if you remember that. We took that on on tour, and that was very special to me. And that arrangement was in my wedding. Um, mm. It was just. Yeah, those those were. I, I have a lot of memories I could go into, but <laughs> yeah. those, those, those are a couple. And just want to say thank you so much to Mr. Mullins and, and Toner also for being a, a great musical friend throughout and, and athletic friend throughout all the years. Yeah. I've got a non sacred one. I remember when Fourth Baptist was breaking ground out in Plymouth, Minnesota, and it was, I, I feel like it was like 10 degrees below zero. And it, it, Kevin had, had coordinated us to come out and play like this brass to come out and play. And I'm, I'm telling him like, we can't do this. Like this, this is not going to work. <laughs> he said, we are playing, you are going to play. And I remember standing there, you know, freezing, you know, <laughs> everything is frozen. I can't play worth anything. And we, we, we did it. Uh, but it was, it, it was cold as cold as all get out. Um, but I remember, uh, I think it, I think it's senior, junior, senior year. Uh, the song was Ferris Lord Jesus. And uh, we sang that uh, in competition. I can't remember if it was a, a competition, but I, I, I remember standing and I, th I think it was down maybe in, in, in Kansas city uh, 
the feeling of the piano, the, the song, like we were all, it, it was, it was 60, 70 people, but it was one voice singing. And it was just, I just, I was, I was taken up uh, during that time. Uh, I think it was Ferris Lord Jesus. And it was just, mm. Mm, yeah, it was, it was very special. All right, Don, do you have anything? No, I, I was just, I immediately thought of uh, a time when I was singing, uh, singing in that southern gospel quartet faithful men and uh we were down in um where were we i think we were down in uh who was your pianist um we we did not have a pianist yeah we were still waiting for you to answer your phone that's harsh that's harsh man (laughs) that's that's painful oh yeah so uh we were yeah we were down i think we were down in uh kansas city and and um and we had uh, we had we were singing one of those outdoor venues, and we had to move everybody inside, and we were packed into this uh, old gymnasium, and um, uh, we had to move everybody inside because of the weather. We were moved inside. Uh, it was humid. It was sticky. It was it was just one of those you know awful times. But these these people love 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 to hear these southern gospel songs. So we uh, we get we get in there and we sang. Um, I bowed on my knees and cried holy. What is that song um, uh, by? Uh, I think it was Larry Goss wrote that song, made famous, I think, by Michael English back in the day. But we sang this uh, old Southern gospel song, and our our tenor, uh, his name his name is Todd Rockensock, a great oh, name for Todd, a tenor. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the dude could just kill it. I mean, this guy was he was he was he was an unbelievable tenor, and he that it's one of his songs that he sings, and I just. Remember remember everybody just uh there's a point in that song where he just you know you he lets it all fly hang out there and and i just remember everybody's in that gymnasium standing up in unison all at once clearly i mean it was just one of those holy spirit moments where we were just in and it, it, it i was just taken aback I, I i could barely make it through the song i was just yeah. it was it was is one of those uh one mm. of those supernatural things that I, i'll never forget yeah that's good. Kevin, how about you? It's a really hard question to answer because I have all of these memorable oh, moments sure. really from each of the places I've lived, right? Hmm. And, uh, you know, it's been 40 years now, uh, 40 years of church music moments that are still wandering around in my brain someplace. Yes. Uh, I've I can remember coming home from a choir tour with the high school choir when we were in Minneapolis. And I was never really the best teacher for music contests. You know, I, I always felt like I wasn't quite the right guy because I, I wasn't, I didn't like them. <laughs> you know, they were never my They're the worst. And, the and worst. so I felt like if they had had a different teacher, the, the students probably would have performed better in the contest because some teachers are just wired to work that way. And I, I, I wasn't that way, but I, when it came to going on tour and visiting churches and, and putting together like a, a tour of churches, that, that was kind of my thing. And so I, I can remember coming home from one of those trips to Kansas city. And to be honest, I don't even remember if we won or lost in Kansas city. And I guess that's kind of the point, but we stopped in Victor, Iowa, which is kind of nowheresville and uh, did a concert for this relatively small Baptist church in Victor, Iowa, where it was just one of those days where 
everything was on, right? And it was it was just one of those nearly perfect moments where you didn't actually need me. And I, I think I actually came to that conclusion and I, I sat down halfway through the concert and just let you sing the, the rest of the thing oh. yourself. And it was, it was perfect. Oh, that's good. That's good. Right. Yeah, I'm go sorry. ahead. Can no. I interject one, one thing? I just want to let you know, uh, Mr. Mungins, um, you, you gave me uh, your baton and a postcard. I don't know if you I remember did. that. I did. Yeah. Uh, when when Mr. Mungins left our school, our high school, he he gave me his his conductor's baton and a, and a postcard with a, a very nice message about you know what he thought about my future and that that's in my desk right now. I just want oh, you to know yes. that. I just want you to know that that's that's I I can put my hands on it. You know, it's in my desk. It means so much to me. Hey, oh, that is. That is the, the, those these are the sweetest moments uh, on earth when we have moments like this. Uh, I, I I appreciate those statements, those sentiments. You guys, you guys can I mean you can just tell the camaraderie. And can you imagine in heaven when we we have this all the time? You know where where there is no barrier, there is just no barrier, and uh, God allows us to be in our perfected state. Um, and glorifying him. What a, what a wonderful time. Ryan, I don't, I don't want to cut you off, but I don't know if you have any uh, moments that you can think of. Yours probably came with some concert that you went to, right? <laughs> yes, but I, I I would just like to turn my my time over to Kevin for the devotional. I, I, I won't take up any more time, so I, I know we're running short, so I'll just give my time over to Kevin. Kevin, take us away, fix your eyes, and uh, give us what you have on your heart and your mind. By the way, uh, I, was, I never even asked you guys how long this thing lasts. How, how long does this go? <laughs> the, the whole podcast or the fix your eyes yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, seriously. What, what do I have left here? You, you can cut out these Don goes to bed. Don goes to bed at 10. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah and, and by the way, uh, if you could kindly not say anything else to make me cry while I'm talking. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is great. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, can we turn things back on now? Are we good? <laughs> we're good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. good. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about the Book of Lamentations, which seems to be kind of an odd place to start, doesn't it? And it's a pretty tough nut to crack. Have you ever read through the book of Lamentations, those five books start to finish? It's pretty rough sledding, isn't it? it uh, it's, it's sad. And uh, you hear the suffering of the prophet Jeremiah as he's lamenting over Jerusalem, which has now been destroyed. And he's surrounded by the Israelites who are in mourning over the loss of their city. And the whole book just doesn't work the way you want it to work. We want to have a nice, tidy, Americanized poem where it starts out with a little tension and then you get to the end of the book and there's a happy ending, right? Except you start out at the beginning of Lamentations and it's irrepressibly morose. And you skip to the last chapter, chapter five, and you read the end and it's just as bleak. And you ask yourself, what do we have to learn here? This is such a sad story that the beginning and the end are, are, are so irrepressibly sad. Uh, why on earth could this be in our Bibles and what's there 
to learn from it. But actually, I think there's a lot to be learned from Jeremiah and his ministry of prophecy and the ministry of his life. Uh, it forces us to ask some tough questions about why we suffer, right? And uh, Jeremiah, halfway through the book, is starting to catch on to this whole story. He understands that our ideas about suffering are way more complicated than what we think they are. You, know, you start with this idea that God sends suffering to us because he's going to punish us for sins, right? And certainly we can think of all the ways that Israel was unfaithful to God. And finally, he, he delivers the ultimate punishment. He allows their precious city to be overrun. And we understand that God does work that way, doesn't he? In Old Testament times, we would say he punished the Israelites for their disobedience. In our New Testament times, we wouldn't use that word punishment anymore because we're so grateful for the gift of Jesus Christ who has taken the punishment for our sins, uh, not just our past sins and our present sins, but our, our future sins. But God still sends suffering our way, doesn't he? He, uh, in New Testament times, we might call it chastisement. God sends this chastisement where he, he trains us for future obedience. And so we see that happening in our lives today. And we see that happening with the lives of the Israelites too, where he's going to send them some chastisement. So they, they learn a lesson that they hadn't learned and they needed to learn. But a second reason why he sends suffering can be seen in Jeremiah's life, uh, where, where Jeremiah starts to catch on that God's going to use him as a prophet to be the poster boy of suffering. And God's going to deliberately make Jeremiah suffer so that people can watch him and see how he reacts to that suffering. And Jeremiah slowly understands that he's supposed to be a testimony, isn't it? Because God's going to send him some suffering. The people are going to watch him. And then they're going to understand and learn how they should respond to suffering too. That's why he begins chapter three with the words, I am the man. And then he goes on this litany about all the different ways that God has made him suffer, understanding that his job is now a special different job where God's not just sending him suffering because he needs to be chastised. That may have been true. But more importantly, he was in a position of leadership and God was going to send him a big dose of suffering so that as he suffered through it, the people of Israel could watch him and learn how their response should be. The interesting thing is, you read all the way through to the end of the book, and you know I already mentioned, if you, if you skip to the end of chapter 5, it's pretty bleak, right? And we're trying to make this Hebrew poem fit into our American ideas about how poems should go. It doesn't work that way because actually the answer is in the middle. Uh, there's suffering at the beginning, there's suffering at the end, and the only way to figure it out is to understand that sometimes the Hebrews constructed their poems, so the answer was dead in the middle. And so we're going to look in chapter three, the middle chapter of five, and we're gonna look in the middle of chapter three to find the nugget here that literally everything in the book points back to. I suppose if you're a, a Hebrew student, you could understand that I'm talking about the chiastic structure here, except a lot of times when we want to preach, we don't necessarily use that word in public, even though that's what's working behind the scenes here. So here it is, the answer in the middle of the book, 
where it says, Jeremiah chapter 3, I'll start in verse 17. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. This is Jeremiah talking about his own suffering. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. In other words, he is going to deliberately remember something during the hard times. He's going to rewire his brain. He's going to take control of his memories, because sometimes our memories take control of us, don't they? He's going to take control of his memories, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, and here it is. Great is your faithfulness. I love this passage because it's got this special word, the steadfast love of the Lord. Uh, the, the translators have always struggled to know how to rightly put into English this complicated Hebrew concept because the people back then were just like we are now. We've got way the wrong idea about love. We think love is the sort of thing that we can give and take, right? And when we're mad at a person, we can take away our love. Right. And uh, that, that's why sometimes you get stuck on the end of the bench and it seems like the coach has forgotten about you. Or maybe you're singing in a choir or playing in a band and the, and the music teacher's handing out solos and it seems like they don't see you i'm sorry to all of my students i didn't see <laughs> or 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 maybe sometimes it gets even more serious where a friend that used to be a friend uh, is upset with you and so they they unfriend you right and uh they they literally put you in the doghouse they withdraw their love and sometimes when that happens at home, it even hurts more, doesn't it? Sometimes it happens maybe in your family, uh, maybe between a husband and a wife, maybe between parents and children. And suddenly you start to think that love is the sort of thing that they given and taken. Well, that's not God's love. In fact, that Hebrew word chesed is the word that explains to us that God is not that kind of love. It's a love, a covenant of love, uh, the steadfast love. Way back in the way back when they were translating the English Bible for the first time, the translator, Miles Coverdale, looked at this and he, he couldn't actually put into words in English what all was meant by that Hebrew word. And he, he knew it had something to do with love. He knew it had something to do with kindness. And so he actually smushed the two words together in the, in the Coverdale Bible, in the King James Bible. It's loving kindness, right? Uh, he invented the word just to maybe kind of describe that love that God has with us that never changes. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And, and if today you're finding that in this post-COVID world, in our cancel culture, <laughs> uh, you're stuck in one of those relationships where maybe uh, somebody's withdrawing their love from you and it hurts and it happens to you. And then suddenly you look around and it kind of poisons the way you think of love, doesn't it? 
And you maybe start to think that maybe God doesn't love you anymore. And then you lose confidence in the greatest thing he ever did, his church. And you start to think that maybe it's not worth your time anymore. If that's the case, and if you're going through the struggles of life, I would start here in the middle of Lamentations chapter 3 and reflect on how faithful God is to each one of us. Uh, a reminder that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, ending with that great, my favorite hymn now is Great is Thy Faithfulness, and uh, use that as an encouragement uh, as we continue to keep serving the Lord, knowing that He loves us, He cares for us, and that we can show and model that to other people as we're walking through life. Boy, it's scary. I mean, hearing you guys talk, uh, I apparently are watching me and taking notes in ways that are now frightening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are watching us aren't they every day you guys are now older than i was and i was teaching and he's put you in positions of leadership he's put you in positions where you where you're now the teacher and uh if it's scary for me to think of all the ways you watched me well okay now think about this think of all the people that are watching you <laughs> and they're watching you through the good times of life but they're watching you through the difficult times of life too. And when God sends you suffering, the people around you are looking at you, wondering how you're going to handle it. And we're like modern day Jeremiah's where God has called us to be his examples. And through the difficult times of life, he wants us to be the ones proclaiming the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Amen. Now, now I just want to call you Mr. Mungins. I don't even think I can call you Kevin anymore. So, <laughs> whew. hey, let me tell you, the teacher teaches again. And I'm telling you what, um, what a rich, rich, rich blessing it has been both to have uh, Matt and Kevin. And um, I, I'm telling you what, this has been a this has been a phenomenal time. Matt, Toner, I'm gonna turn it over to you and uh, some final thoughts. Yeah, just uh, just just what a joy to, to reminisce. I think uh, you just you just see how good God is, obviously in His in His gospel. But just I mean, just looking at the five guys I've had a chance to do life with at different points in the journey, and just I mean, um, incredible love and respect for each one of you, and, and grateful that you know our paths intersect tonight, and, and we get to kind of share and reminisce. And uh, I, I liked what you said, Kevin call to mind. We, we, we have a responsibility to, to order our thoughts and not be taken maybe by the things that are happening in our lives or by the emotions, but to call our mind to the truth. Uh, and I think that, I think that is fantastic, uh, fantastic message. Uh, as we like to say, that'll preach. And uh, thank you for, uh, thank you for, for sharing that with us. All right. That is a wrap on episode 50, uh, on this, the 13th day of March year of our Lord, 2022. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix Podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at Six in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.